Let's talk about letting go. Letting go is one of the hardest things for us. And if you look at the Hebrew word for rest, it means to let go. Now, we know that. I can't tell you how many people I see blast all over social media, posts and memes and gifs or gifs, however you choose to pronounce it, photos, images about letting go. There's even this cool image that have, has these graphs, this chart about letting go that uh, ties together scriptures and lines about um, pieces together, connects other scriptures about letting go. And it all points back to God in Psalms 46 about letting go and being still in God. But it's the hardest thing for us to do. And I want to talk to us, talk with us, help us, teach us, prophesy to us, release us. That's it. Release us. Break us forward. In fact, this series is called Out of the Vault. <laughs> when you're coming out of the vault or something's being uh, out of the vault, it's being released. So release us. Deliver 2021 was actually supposed to be a year of deliverance, I, I believe, on a massive level. I do believe there were individuals who were delivered. I believe there was more self-deliverance. 2020 was also, well, 2020 was supposed to be a year of self-deliverance, and it was supposed to spill over into 2021, but we left some things behind. We missed some things. And thank God for grace. Thank God he is so kind. He is so tender. He is so merciful. He does not exact on us what we deserve. We thank him for his grace and mercy, but we've got to do better, people of God. We're called to a higher calling. Maturity calls us to do better. So I'm called to get people to maturity. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers are called to get the body of Christ to maturity. Now, let hang on one second. Let me preach and exhort real quick. Let me do it. <laughs> if you are an apostle, a prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, and you're out here trying to pacify people, and you're not trying to mature in the saints unto perfection, you need to check your gauge and your parameter of your calling. Are you truly an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher? You need to know that because Yeshua appoints these, not man. I can't say that enough. If you've been following me, you've heard me say this umpteen times. Yeshua appoints these. Man will affirm, man might even, you know, commission to affirm, but Yeshua appoints these first. So you need to check that and you need to know that you know that you know that you are. But that is a part of the call, the ministry of the fivefold. So you need to make sure that you are maturing. So you call people unto maturity. In fact, one of the primary things of the prophet ministry of the uh, apostles ministry is to get 
people to a place of maturity. For the apostles, it's sonship. For the prophets, it's get people out of a place of bondage, out of a place of needing um, deliverance into a place of wholeness, which is maturity. It's just different levels of maturity. So that's where we all need to be. Amen. And if we keep giving lip service, if we keep forgetting that what we do are nothing but religious acts, just like the Pharisees, versus giving God what he truly wants, which is worship in spirit and in truth, what we're coming into, the requirement, we're going to miss out on even more promises. Go back and listen to the last episode I released, how we have missed out on some promises collectively. We can't afford to keep missing out on promises. Now, God, by your spirit right now, I ask you to raise up leaders. I ask you to even stir up the current leaders, Father God, to mobilize and galvanize your troops, to galvanize and mobilize your, your troops now and mobilize and generate more leaders that we will collectively unite and not drop the ball and miss any more promises that you will give us thus forward and beyond in Jesus' name. One of the ways that we can let go, God gives it to us every week. It's called Shabbat. You don't have to get religious about it. Now, the right way to observe Shabbat is concluding Friday evening, extending into Saturday evening. But you can observe Shabbat whenever you need to observe Shabbat. And Shabbat is a rest day. It is seen first in Genesis, but it is extended into the New Testament. And you need to understand that the Bible is given for the reproof and for the benefit of all people. When God gave the Torah to Moses through for Israel, God sent Yeshua through Israel to the world for the world's benefit. The word Yeshua became flesh, which is Torah. Yeshua fulfilled all the words of the Torah. Yeshua said, go forth to all the corners of the world and make disciples multiply and fill them with the word. Did you pick that up? So Shabbat is not just for Israel. Shabbat is not just for Jews. And Shabbat is not just an ancient thing that was observed in biblical times. It's not just something that was observed in the Old Testament either. It is a requirement, people of God. It is not an option. It is non-optional, in fact. Furthermore, it is one of the principles and requirements I prophesied about in the very first episode, January 1st, 2020. It was the first year, 2020. It is significant of the entire decade. If we don't learn to rest, if we don't learn Shabbat, if we don't learn to let go, 
in this decade, we're not going forward beyond. And we need to understand it in the preliminaries. God is a God of order and God is a God who sets boundaries and times. We understand this on day four. He has set boundaries and seasons and times. So when he has set a requirement for Shabbat in 2020 and a requirement for Shabbat in the entire decade between 2020 and 2029, we best or better however you choose to say it or receive it, adhere to it. So enjoy Shabbat. Take your day of rest, whatever it looks like, whatever it feels like, whatever it sounds like, get with Holy Spirit. Listen, don't be legalistic. Don't be religious. You don't need to go ask around and say, get with Holy Spirit. What does it look like? What does it feel like? What does it sound like? What do I need to do? But let go. Let go of the religious jargon. Take off the masks. Remove the makeup. Remove the painting of the face, the painting of the all that stuff. Take off the garments as as David, King David did and become undignified before the Lord, your God. You see, that's what Israel had to do. Shabbat is also significant. It's a sign of leaving Egypt. Shabbat was one of the first things God gave to Israel that he commanded them to observe forever. It's located in Exodus chapter 12. God said to Moses, set aside this day and command it to the generations that their sons shall commemorate and memorialize me on this day. Do you get that? It is a requirement, people of God. And we move over to chapter 14 of Exodus and we see the great mighty hand of God. And, you know, I'm just thinking, man, if we really learned how to rest in his holy habitation under the covering, under the sukkah. What could we have seen in 2021? You know, I know a lot of people don't like to think about that. A lot of people don't, but I'm a, I'm a businessman. I have business acumen. And I think about profit and laws, P&L. I think about What did we lose and miss out because we did not do well? We did not do wisely. Ooh, we were given these things, stewardship. Our lives, our gifts, our talents, the parable of the talents, people of God, stewardship. The times, the time that we're given, our lives, stewardship, what are we doing with it? What could we have seen really in this year had we adhered to the full promises and requirements that God set for the parameters of 2021? 2020. Let go. But let's move forward. Let go. 
So we didn't fully let go in 2021 because people were in shock. And that comes from not adhering to the word of God. He tells us in the Gospels, it's coming. Wars and rumors of wars. The end is coming. Oh my God, the end is here. Let me freak out and say what's really going on. Oh, oh, ye of little faith. I mean, this is just the beginning of, of shakings and tremblings. What's going on, people of God? What's going on? This is just removing one whisker from a cat. Imagine skinning the whole cat. What, what's going on, people of God? Come on. So we missed it in 2021. And we didn't continue to let go and enter into his holy habitation or build a habitation for him or, excuse me, invite him in his holy habitation into the earth, a union, a fellowship by which miracles could happen as it did in Exodus. Because again, I believe there were supposed to be mighty displays of miracles in 2021. I believe that. But I, I believe that we missed some things because it was conditional. But we move forward. Amen? So we learn to let go in 2022 and beyond. You know, one of the first principles for us to be successful in letting go and also what holds us back is pride. We're proud people. Pride goes before the fall. We like to call pride out in everybody else but ourselves, people of God. And that's called religion. It's religious pride. It's one of the worst forms of pride. Because we, the people of God, don't believe we have it. Even when we speak about it or we call it out, or let's say we're ministering or preaching or what have you, we're on a live or we're typing or we're reading about it and it pierces us, it stings us, we can get up the next second and have a moment of pride and it just completely blank goes away from us what we just learned. Pride is a very heavy thing. It was in the garden. Pride was pre-garden. It's what got Lucifer dethroned. That's how strong pride is. It was in the garden. It was in Cain. It was in Genesis chapter 6. It was in Nimrod. It was in Abram and Sarai and Abraham and Sarah through the generations, it was in Joseph, it was in Moses. Do you need me to go on? Pride is strong. It's in us, believers. It's in you, it's in me. So in order for us to get delivered, remember, coming out, being released, the vault, Exodus, so leaving Egypt, and this wilderness experience, and I believe we still have more journeying to do because of our own choices. I don't believe it was supposed to be as long as it has been. But because of our own choices, collectively, we're still journeying just as Israel did 
and I prophesied this in 2020, and it's happening. So listen up. We can change it. That prophetic word, some of it's going to happen, but some of it's also conditional. The prophetic word said that just as it happened in Israel, and I'm not going to repeat it word by word. You go back and read what happened in the wilderness. Everything that happened in the wilderness. But there are things that we can learn from those wilderness experiences. And one thing that God wanted Israel to learn was to get rid of your pride. So let's get rid of our pride, people of God. How do you know? I've been asking God, God, how do, you, how do we get rid of pride? How do I get rid of pride? I've been asking God that. And you know, he came back quickly. You humble yourself. And I'm like, well, geez, thank you. I know that. But no, really, you humble yourself or he will humble you. And you've heard this before. I've heard this before, but it's true. How do you get rid of You humble yourself. So what does God do? God puts us through tests or he allows tests or things come our way so we can overcome them so we can be proved and then fruit can be produced. So then we have overcome. That's how you overcome. That's how you let go. Another way that you overcome pride is when you're faced with an issue where everything in you wants to rise up with in their various forms of pride. There's vanity, there's vainglory, there's arrogance, there's haughtiness, there is elitism, there, uh, there are a plethora of, of forms, there is shyness, there is passivity. Those are forms of pride. You go in the opposite spirit but also you want to remember not to give place for that and you begin to let the spirit of God rest on you and you let go. You don't need the attention. Pride wants attention. That's what it is. Pride wants to be seen. Point blank, and even if it's passive, if it's shy, pride wants to be seen. So you don't give pride attention. That's for you yourself. Whenever you want to overcome pride, don't give it attention. Don't feed attention. Prefer the other in honor. That was one of the exhortations given for 2021. It is a year to prefer the other in honor. Have you preferred others in honor this year? If you haven't, you've lived in pride because it was a requirement for this year. And I'm not being... A jerk or being judgmental, I am speaking to you according to the requirement for 2021. It was a year to prefer others in honor. It was a year of humility. And if you've done that, even to the least, and if you've done it consistently, you overcame pride and you learned to let go. Another principle of letting go, being released, is coming out of a Stockholm Syndrome mindset, and that is being bound to your captor. And, and many of us, we're like this. What this looks like is addiction. 
And the clearest example I can give you is Israel. The statement was repeated at least twice, but it was repeated more than that. Israel said, we had it better in Egypt. They complained again, you brought us out here to die. You're not good leaders, Moses and Aaron. That is a Stockholm Syndrome mentality that is bondage to your captor, especially the first statement. It was better back in Egypt. So let me tell you what that looks like in the decade of 2020, 2029. It was better before 2020, before the pandemic hit. Life was so good. And we've all been there. Even if you didn't speak it, if you didn't confess it, those thoughts came to your mind. You entertained the thoughts or they filtered through. They came, admit it. And if you came into agreement with it, that was a, a portion of Stockholm Syndrome or being bound to something in the past. We're never going back to where we were. Even if it was good, even if things that we're heading into is not going to be as good as then or better than what we've experienced. God does not call us to live in the former. And you see, that's what Israel's problem was. He says it again in Isaiah chapter 43. God says, what I did for you in leaving Egypt and thrusting you into your promised land and destiny you keep remembering how I delivered you with the mighty hand. And yes, I told you to memorize this forever, to mark it and to keep it amongst your generations. But you keep remembering just this moment and you don't believe that I have better for you. You don't believe that I can do exceedingly abundantly. You don't believe that I can do more or greater. You don't believe that I am powerful and I can release you from your bondage even now to the Babylonians that you're captive to. Ooh. Are any of us there today? We don't believe that God is strong or powerful enough to release us from the captivity of where we are today, from where we used to be. And let me tell you something. We've been in captivity. I don't know if I said this before. I think I said this in one of my episodes back in August. I can't remember or not. We've been in captivity since around 2000. 12, 15, between those years. It just didn't look like it until we got to around 2020. But yeah, we've been in a type of captivity. But according to Isaiah 43, God declares, I do a new thing. Behold, do you not perceive it? Break out of that Stockholm syndrome and listen to me, people of God, collectively and globally, the way that you do that, the way that we do that is by letting go and by believing. Behold, the former things have passed. I do a new thing. The latter glory is greater than the former glory. That's how we let go. The next principle I want to tell us about 
for letting go and entering into rest is control. We are some of the most controlling people. Again, just like pride, we don't think that we are controlling. We think that everybody else is controlling. The government's controlling. The media's controlling. The education system's controlling. Art and entertainment's controlling. Business controlling. Our family's controlling. So on and so forth. Everything's controlling but the church. And then there are some people in the church who are controlling, but those are bad people. Those are the people who don't think like us. Those are the people who mistreated us. Those are the people who we don't agree with. But it's us too. Everybody, ha- everybody, seven plus billion people in the world. I don't know. It's might probably even be almost eight billion people in the world has some manner of control. That was also in the garden and that was also in Lucifer. Control is something that is also strong and it's through Genesis to Revelation. And we have to see it and call it for what it is. And we have to partner with the spirit of God to unweave it from our souls. It's not a part of our spirit because God did not give us that spirit. In our spirit, we have in our spirit is power, love and soundness of mind. He didn't give that to us in our spirit, but it is entwined in our soul. So we have to untangle and unweave that portion of control from out of us. And we have to let go. Control is the need to know. I can't tell you how and, and that is rooted in which control is rooted in witchcraft. Or it, it had, excuse me, witchcraft is rooted in control. So you will see an off play from that. Witchcraft is birth from control, not the other way around. That's why you have more witches and warlocks in the body of Christ. I'll say it again. You have more witches and warlocks in the body of Christ than you have outside Because people are controlling. We must get delivered and set free of control. You can deliver yourself. Let go. You don't need to know everything. In fact, you will never know everything. And that's okay. It's hard, especially for you intellectuals. I'm an intellectual. I'm a businessman. I have business acumen. My name means wisdom. Rashad. I like to know things. I love to know things. I relish not just in knowledge, but the the greater, higher things, higher level things. But I've also learned at a very young age, I learned how to temper myself and how to control it. Funny, no pun intended. I learned how to properly control, hey, I can't get into this realm because there is a knowledge that we're not supposed to know. There's a realm we're not supposed to enter into. And then there's an illegal knowledge as well. And then there's a going against or contrary to what God allows limits and boundaries. He set in a.k.a. time frames. And we'll get into that a little bit more later on. So understand in God's perfect timing He will allow us to know what we need to know. Let it go. That doesn't mean you don't need to pursue. You don't need to be an inquirer. You don't need to be a seeker because those who seek, they're blessed. Those who knock, they're blessed. Those uh, God puts deep treasures in king's heart and those who search it out, they're blessed. Amen. I do all those things. That's why he gives me deep revelatory knowledge. However, you are going to have to learn 
how to temper yourself that you're not going to know everything. Another element of control is fear about tomorrow or dread, worry, timidity. That brings religiosity. And religiosity stiffens and stifles Holy Spirit. Well, when Holy Spirit can't move or break forward, there's an issue. Houston, we have a problem. It keeps us from being successful. It keeps us from being favored. It is the balm and oil of Holy Spirit that causes us to move. Let me tell you, the symbology of Holy Spirit in the wilderness was the fire and the cloud day and night. That was the symbolism of Holy Spirit. For us today in the New Testament, it was the Holy Spirit then. That was a symbolism for Holy Spirit then for them in the wilderness in the Old Testament. So if we stiffen Holy Spirit by religiosity because we're fearful of what's going to happen tomorrow, taking steps out. Now, listen, I'm prophesying into our future. There are some things we are called to enter into and some things we're going to be called to do that we will not see the next two, three, four, five, 10, 15, 2000 steps ahead. And God says, I need you to step out of the boat, Peter, Patricia. I need you to step out of the boat and I need you to trust The way that we combat dread and the way that we overcome and let go control for fear of the future. Dread is fear of the future. It's different than fear, imminent or present. Fear of the future is dread and that deals with trust. You combat that with trusting God. That's how we let go. And you see, all of this can be done When we go and tabernacle with him on Shabbat, because we get renewed, we get rejuvenated. And guess what? We can do it every week, once a week. We can do as much as we want to do. But once a week requirement, we go away with him. We get rejuvenated. We get freed and delivered and released from all the cares and worries of the prior six days. The next principle of being released and letting go is familiarities. Now, this can mean many things. I just want to say a few things about what this means. I think a lot of times we think familiarities mean familiar spirits as in demonic entities, and they do mean that. But I want to say what they also mean. Familiarities can be the need to be everything for and to everyone. So it's a false Holy Spirit, meaning you think you're Holy Spirit. Because scripture says Holy Spirit is the comforter, very present help in a time of need. Behold, I leave you the gift of Holy Spirit. That's what Yeshua said. And that's what a familiarity is. That person is standing in the place, a codependency, the need to be this or that for everyone. It's also placing people above creator God. It's a familiar thing. It's comfortability. It's lacking progress. And this is actually an affront 
to the process of the principles in creation because scripture says in Ecclesiastes to everything its place and time. It keeps Father, Son, and Holy Spirit away. It keeps us from spiritual and soul growth as well as moral excellence. So we need to let go of familiar things, experience life. You see, that's what Exodus was all about. It wasn't just about I'm breaking you free of your tyranny. I need for you to experience some things that you never knew your 450 years of captivity. You never knew these things. Because you were yet to be born, you were still in Abraham and Sarah, you were still in Jacob, in the loins of Jacob, you were yet to be thought of, to be produced, you didn't know anything. And those of you who were born into this, this is all you knew. I need you to experience some things so you were just familiar with this. Some of you didn't even hear the stories about your forefathers. You didn't even hear about Joseph and his, all his accolades and his fame with the Pharaoh of that time. So I need you to be familiar with me because you've become too familiar with the customs of Egypt. And God is saying to us, he needs for us to let go of the familiarities of our own doings and surroundings. And that can be people. Sometimes we can't take people with us to the mountaintops. Sometimes certain people cannot go with us even to the valleys. Say la. Principle number five, worldliness, letting go of worldliness, worldly possessions, the feeling and need to be secure from worldly possessions. Now, listen to me. Let me prophesy to you right now. Let me prophetically exhort you, excuse me, and admonish you. Stop saying God does not want you to be successful. God wants you to be successful. God commanded success in Israel from the progenitor of faith, Abraham, who was successful and carried success through the bloodline unto Isaac, unto Jacob, unto Joseph, through Israel. God commands success. It's written even in Deuteronomy. Now, many people have so many theories in theology about that specific scripture in Deuteronomy, and I'm not getting to all that. You need to understand God sets you up for success. And that is from Genesis to Revelation. Now, whatever success means to you, let Holy Spirit be your buffer with that. I have an episode on success, godly success, and God's idea of success. It is my second episode from um, ever. It's in January of 2020. It's my second episode. It's called Success. So go listen to that and you'll have a little bit more understanding about what God, un God estimates as success. So God wants us to be successful. Never forget that. God does not want us warped, tied up, or bound to worldliness, the lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, or pride of life, which are rooted in mammon. Mammon is a key demonic principality we're up against in this decade and the decade 
or time beyond. And I don't have any more intel on that. I am not a false prophet. I cannot prophesy beyond what I have not seen or heard. I do know that there is a beyond. So um, Mammon is a major opponent, a key principality in this decade and beyond. And it is mammon that's beyond the worldly possessions. And God does not want us to be demoralized and he does not want us to be devalued because it keeps us away from him and it keeps us away from true relationships. It keeps us away from blessings. So we must deny mammon and we must worship Yeshua. That's how we overcome. That's how we let go of worldliness. The sixth principle is institutions, and that is the need to find importance in systems, government, businesses. I mean, you know, I can just stop right there. I, I can't. I had to stop somebody a couple of days ago from telling me something about I'm like, I don't get into all that. You know, I, no offense. I love you dearly. But I, you have never heard me talk about politics on this podcast. And I can't say that I won't ever. But for right now, I can say I am not going to. I can't say that I won't ever because I don't know what the spirit of God is going to do. But right now, I'm not going to. Uh, What he says is what I say. What he tells me to say and do is what I do. The content he tells me to create is what I put out. That is not my field. That's not my lane. But beyond that, here's what I want to say. One of the primary reasons why I don't get into that is because I see what is fueled behind that. And it is not good. But there are other people. There are other people who have just allowed jargon from another kingdom to consume them and for the spirit of institutions to behold them and to captivate them and to find importance in systems and government and business. It makes us inhumane. It systematizes us and it systematizes Yeshua. So it's fraudulent form of relationship between father and son. And that's capital F, father in heaven and us sons in earth. It's also a false view of us and Yeshua. So the way that we let go of that is Yeshua is not a business transaction. The other way that we let go of that is it is his government. The government rests upon Yeshua's shoulder. So we look to him We look to Yeshua as chief principality. We look to Yeshua as chief, whatever highest official we want to give a title. We look to him. And from that point, we decree, we declare, we prophesy, we war, we pray, we intercede, we go forward, we contend. From that point, we get dreams, we get visions as Yeshua as the head for the nations of the earth. The seventh thing principle is revisiting pride. Except this time it doesn't start with a P. It starts with a D, denial. And this is 
pride that is found in the seventh church, Laodicea. They were in so such denial that they didn't even know that they were in pride. That's us. That's the kind of pride I was explaining in the first pride. That there is a form of pride that we don't even recognize that we are in pride. That was the Laodiceans. It was actually iniquity. Iniquity is the conviction that what we are doing is actually not wrong. That is iniquity. And the Laodiceans had convinced themselves that nothing was wrong with them. But Yeshua had a different outlook. Yeshua said, you are wretched, naked, and filthy. But they thought that they were rich and above reproach. Denial. Pride in denial. That's tough. Pride and denial mix holy and profane. Pride and denial settles for the temporary, mainly of the flesh. So lusts of the flesh, it brings destitution. It is disgusting to Yeshua. It is disappointing to Yeshua. And it keeps us away from all Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It keeps us also from living at our peak levels. So how do we let go of pride and denial? Yeshua knocks at the door. That was one of the prophetic exhortations I had for this entire decade. Jezebel was knocking at the door of the prophets, but Yeshua was also knocking at the door. I didn't get that part until 2021. Yeshua is also knocking at the door of the saints. So that's how we get rid of it. That's how we let go. He's knocking out at our door. So we say yes, and we let him in and we let him enter. So we let go of pride. We let go of Stockholm syndrome. We let go of control. We let go of familiarities. We let go of worldliness. We let go of institutional building and we let go of pride and denial. In Jesus name, we say we are set free we have been released. We receive your miraculous, mighty power that your right hand is able to deliver us from, Father God. We say that we want to advance. We want to progress. We want to move forward with you where you're taking us, where you want to go. We say yes and amen to your will, to your way, to your plans. Collectively, we want to go where you're sending the remnant for you have a progressive, luminous, rising championing remnant in the earth realm today that is comprised and made up of many people groups and many nations across this world. I pray you're blessed. I pray you're edified. Blessings.